Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 365. We're going green. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. Mm, yeah. I'm feeling a lot better this week than I was last week. Oh, that's good. Hopefully I didn't uh, leave a little uh, something at your house, though. I don't think you did. I don't think okay. you did. Because you never had a fever. I never had. Well, I did Sunday, but that was three days prior to that. And I hadn't yeah. had one since. Yeah. Well, like I said last week, I we had Jemma a lot, uh, as opposed to my in-laws, who were sick with fevers and sinus stuff. And then Jemma got sick, so... We're over at Sean's this week. Did you guys do anything fun this week? It's been an abbreviated week. Yeah, it's just like we just got together. We did. He texted me about getting together tonight, and I'm like, is that tonight? (laughs) It's way too soon. Oh, wait, yeah, that is. Don't we get together on Thursday Wednesdays? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We went and saw Paddington 2. How is it? Is it worth the 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it was really good. Mel says yes. Almost as good, if not just as good as the first one. Hmm. All I know is you, you, you can definitely tell that one of them was filmed before Doctor Who. <laughs> and one of them was filmed after, based on Capaldi's hair. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Mel and I went out uh, Friday and saw The Commuter, because that's kind of a tradition, it seems like, at the beginning of the year, there's always a new Liam Neeson action movie. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good. Well, it, was, it was a very satisfying Liam Neeson action movie. <laughs> I watched Get Out. How is that? I haven't seen that one yet. Really good. Surprisingly good, actually. I highly recommend it. Because well, we had the kids over, we were trying to find family-friendly fare. We went up uh, today, we watched uh, Captain Underpants. That is a surprisingly cute movie. Did you watch anything this week, Lynn? Nope. Uh, nothing? Nope. Just reading, playing some Overwatch, playing some Minecraft. All right, do we have any feedback? No feedback. You want to do news, though? I'm just trying to do things, mix things up, do it a little different. People expect we're going to do news next. I figured if we get the feedback out of the way, because we don't have any, then we go to news and then go right into reviews, right? Right, but you can send us feedback. How can they do that? By going to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and fill out the send us feedback tab. Or you can send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. That's with one L. Also, you can find us on social media. All right, let's move on to uh, our reviews. No, I'm just kidding. Let's do, let's do news. <laughs> Some news. Uh, Candy Jar Books has announced a new collection of short stories. No, it's not Havoc Files 5. Aww. It's Lethbridge Stewart Lineage. Is it the Lost Skin 3? No. Aww. <laughs> so Lineage will follow... It's a series of tales about the Lethbridge Stewart family from the early 1600s right up to present day. And it will include th- three brand new adventures featuring the Brig himself. I'm pretty jazzed by this, really. I, 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 I think it's like, well, this is going to be kind of cool. So we're going to have The Soothsayer by Richard Dinnick, The Bone Merchants by Andrew Allen, As the Sun Falls by Wink Taylor, Paper Man by Harry Draper, Draper? Draper. Draper. Inheritance by Gareth Madgwick. The Final Gifts by Andy Frankamallon. The Family Business by Chris Lynch. And then a bonus of What's Past is Prologue and The Note. Very cool. And you can kind of see the synopses, all these synopses online and on their Twitter uh, and Facebook. No offense to everybody else in the collection. I'm, I'm really kind of jazzed about Richard Denick. Yeah, me too. That, that's like, yeah. ooh, cool. 
And that's set way back in 1603. Going way back in the family line. Way back. (laughs) Set the way back machine for 300 years ago. (laughs) Cool. That's pretty exciting. So pre-order now so you can make sure you get your copy. I'm looking to see if we have a release date. We will, of course, be putting that on the schedule and reviewing that later this year. Yes, we will. Yes. Not part of any bundle. So pre-order special. Oh, that reminds me of something that I need to talk to you guys about off mic. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it, I was going to talk about it when we got here. I forgot. Very cool. Anything else in the news world? That's it for news. It's only been a couple of days. All right. Well, let's move on to our reviews. Doctor Order. Doctor Order. Hot House. (laughs) Just what the Doctor Order. (laughs) Somewhere in the south of England stands the Hot House. Five vast state-of-the-art biodomes, all steel and glass. Inside, rock star turned environmental activist Bono, Alex (laughs) Marlowe, has a plan to save the world from climate change by any means necessary. There's something growing inside the hothouse, something that could turn back humanity's tide. A voracious alien vegetable called the crinoid. The doctor's going to have to stop it. Stop Marlowe. Stop Marlowe's fanatical acolyte. Lucy Miller, save the world by any means necessary. That's a little deceiving. <laughs> Although that's good. I mean, I'm glad that they teased it that way, especially with where we left uh, the Doctor and Lucy. But yeah. bum bum bum. Yeah, I like this one. It was fun. I thought you might like this one. I did too. And it had crinoids. Yeah. And had, like completely and I had reminded no idea, me of seeds. <laughs> I had no idea crinoids were in it. Yeah, I didn't either until I started listening to it. Yeah. One of the things I really appreciate not about your, this one. Not your father's crinoids either. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, we, we open with, you know, we get the whole rigmarole of the, the news report, and then we get into the doctor and uh, whatever her name is. Uh, uh, Hazel? Hazel? No. Is it Hazel? Yes, Bright. Yeah, Hazel. The doctor and Hazel. And, you know, why send for me? Oh, you come highly recommended from Sir Nigel, whatever his name was. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and I went, why do I know that name from, that, that's, that's a familiar name to me. Why would I remember this name? <laughs> But I still didn't cue into it until you get into the meat of it. And all of a sudden it's like, they're crinoids. Oh, and I love the fact that there's there's no mystery. There's no rigmarole over are they, aren't they, is it. It's just, yeah, they're crinoids. Yep. And then the rest of it is just <laughs> dealing with it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it was such a refreshing. It, that's, that's, the, that's the thing right there. It was very refreshing that we didn't have this building a mystery, is it or is it not. We just got right into the meat of it and then figured out how to solve it. I, I think that that's good. a great benefit to the format of yeah. these Eighth Doctor Adventures. If it was a four-part story, we would have spent two of the parts, are they, aren't they not, crinoids, when we would have figured out long earlier that they were. And far more terrifying. I in, think so, in, too. In, in, yeah. in listening to the oh, guy yeah. in the cage... I can't remember things. I can't do that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's more haunting the, the way that this transformation is described and, and played out than, than even the poor guy seeing it visually on the oh, yeah, seeds, of, seeds of doom. doom. <laughs> well, even doom more death. so from the, the point that one, we get to see it from that perspective. And then later when Hazel gets uh, yeah. <laughs> infected yes. by it, then you just knowing, oh my gosh, this is so much worse than it could possibly be. You know, you just it puts in your mind. I remember how it affected this guy. What's going to happen when it affects her? So yeah. that was very, very well done. And then hearing her 
uphold her humanity throughout it all too and that just adds another layer of horror to the entire aspect of it which i think was interesting because bono was trying to um, <laughs> that was why he wanted that's why he lured the doctor there because he wanted the doctor to help him figure out how to have the crenoids retain some of that human aspect to it so that they could you know discern yeah uh, uh, uh f- from other species or discern from other things when it and it when it you know launches to its its feeding frenzies or you know taking over or, or it's a survival by that mat for that matter um so it was really interesting that that's what he lured the, 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 him there for and ended up kind of in a way indirectly getting what he was looking for as well <laughs> unfortunately it backfired yes though. luckily it backfired yeah though. luckily for us and um, doctor a, a note to all of you out there that are are hoping for an aspiring career in hinching um <laughs> if you work for somebody who is willing to feed people to the plants and then begins to look around the room for somebody expendable, you're it. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to end well. I encourage you not to sign on the dotted line for this. I don't care how good the signing bonus is. It's not going to end well because you are ultimately expendable. Poor Scorby. <laughs> <laughs> he figured it out too late. But Yeah. I like the idea behind the... Uh, <laughs> you're like, laughing about Scorby, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I was just I was sitting there thinking about it in my head. I thought you were holding out hope that Scorby survived. I am. That's not what That'd it have been great if they would like. had him come up out of the marsh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's totally the thing. He, 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 the, the, the plants all die off right just before his oxygen supply gets depleted, and he goes off and joins Torchwood. I've already decided this in canon <laughs> that he's he's an enforcer for Torchwood One, and then winds up uh, he's going to obviously escape Canary Wharf. So I've got a whole <laughs> series of books planned with Scorby. I just gotta, <laughs> I got to go talk to the estate people so that uh, find out who's got the rights to him. I like the fact that they explored this the motivation for this ex rocks musician wanting to you know save the world and save the environment just in a in an unfortunate at the expense of all humans yeah <laughs> of all humanity it's just kind of taking that green movement to the extreme and it's always it's always kind of rare to see where while the green movement is normally considered positive it's rare to see it on the other on the other side where it's taken to that extreme where it's shown in a negative light. Well, unless you're that. big industry and you put well, out stories yeah. about Greenpeace and, you know, economic terrorism and things like <laughs> that. But. It's just not very very common in sci-fi. No, it's not very common. You're right, Danny. It's not very common in sci-fi. I was quite shocked listening to this that um, it, it seemed, it's you know, it was like mind-blowing. Ah, crinoids! And then I had to stop for a minute and just go, why has it taken this long for them to show up? <laughs> Why has the crinoid not made a return appearance? It's such a great villain because it's a plant, you know, intelligent plant life. How many jungles have we been? We just talked about this last week. How many jungles have we done on Doctor Who? And none of them, none of them are crinoid infested. That would have been a great story, but doesn't even have to be Earth. <laughs> it takes big finish to go. Hey, you know what? Been used for a while. Let's drag that out of the closet and use it. There might be two more before this one, though. There are two that are, uh, they're not big finish, but they're uh, whatever BBV Productions uh, audio dramas are. Uh, the Root of All Evil and The Green Man, which at some point in time I'll dig those up. And we'll are do they it. BBV audio videos, visuals? Um, BBV Productions. It says BBV oh, audio dramas. Audio dramas, okay, yeah, so it's the, it's their, it's not the audio visuals, but yeah, it's their, their audio, audio dramas. Those are unsanctioned, but yeah. 
They've at least thought of them. We'll, we'll dig that up at some point and do a uh, an adversary archive. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. I, oh, I'm listening to this, and I thought, oh, there goes our shop for an adversary archive. <laughs> I thought, well, surely somebody somewhere has done more uh, chronoids that we could kind of put it all together in one I little so. nice little I don't even think there. they're in a comic book yet. Well, no, I, uh, you found the audio uh, the BBV audios. Yeah. So There's a couple of pros according to the TARDIS wiki. I don't know if they're references or full-blown stories. Well, we'll chart that later. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, a little worried uh, that the way this one opens with um, the doctors rambling about, I don't even really know her. Supposedly, I remember her, but I don't. Right, right. And then I kind of realized, because it took me a moment to go, on my refresh and go, why does he? Oh yeah, Orbis. I forgot all about the because yeah. it's been a while since yeah, we. So I, I was I was concerned that maybe too. you guys. Like, it's been I need a while send, for him too. <laughs> do I need to send the guys a text and let them know? Just remember, this is after Orbis. <laughs> yeah, no, I remembered. In fact, when, well, more importantly, the uh, Morbius bit with yeah. falling. Well, when and he dying. was well, when he was <laughs> yeah. speaking it. Well, but he had he had yes yes, but he had forgotten also because of all those thousands of years that he was on on hundred. Uh, hundred. Six hundred years. It was six. Well, yeah. nearly a thousand years. Six hundred years. <laughs> six hundred years that he was on thousands Orbis. of years <laughs> that he was on Orbis. Uh, you know, he forgot his memory. He had really kind of even distanced himself from humanity, and I think yeah. that, that that's still there's echoes of that here when he's you know going, oh, I you know, and I remember humans are so you know, blah blah blah. I mean, you know, disparaging humans and humanity and, and their their things, and then later I like the fact that he goes, you know, that's one of the things that I you know remember or forgotten about humanity is that they're resilient you know he's trying to explain that you know you're not going to just be able to do this overnight they're going to fight back and you kind of see that little twinkle of admiration again for humanity which i thought was kind of neat that he brought that back once again the eighth doctor is the uh, the paradigm of uh, amnesia boy yeah although he didn't seem as amnesic is that a word (laughs) sure as amnesic as other instances for me it it seems uh, at least he has more Capacity, uh, more of his mental capacity than I always considered, like some of the novels having. Yeah, I but I, I like the the fact that he acts like he doesn't remember her very well. In fact, it, that was right. the thing when we're, we go into this, and I think, oh wow, he's really playing this whole thing off like they must have. After Orbis, they really did part ways and weren't going to have anything to do with each other. And so then I thought, well, it's got to be less than a coincidence <laughs> that she showed up here. But right. I thought, well, you know, it's just a clever way. For them to bring them back together, only to find out that obviously she was his plant within the <laughs> spoilers, <laughs> because the pun intended, yeah, uh, inside. So the uh, having her on the inside, and then really kind of this story, I thought, kind of redevelops the relationship. It does, and it does it in such a nice, slow-paced way that I think it works really well. It rebuilds the trust on both it sides, does, right up to the end, yeah. to her having that quasi spat with him about, well, you know, what's next? Well, I. You're going to go and get your TARDIS and go off now. And he says, well, yeah, do you want to go with me? And, it's like, <laughs> and she's, she almost has to lay it out to him that, yes, she does, because she's trying to infer the the, the inferences. Of, yeah. And he says, you're going to have to help me here because I've been away from humanity for so long. What are you trying to infer here? So I thought that was kind of clever. That was. And by the end, you really kind of feel like they're back together again, you know, as, as companion and doctor. Oh, yeah. And not remembering if he knows how to drive. Yes. That, that was a neat little funny moment, too, to kind of. Lighten the mood as well. So have you not met your third self? Yes, you can drive. You can drive just about everything. Yeah, but after thousands of years, I mean, 600 years. <laughs> oh, by that point, it might have been a thousand years. Okay, Scotty, we get it. You're multiplying by four. 
I really had to break down after my first listen. Did I like this because it was a good story? Or did I like this because it was a callback to a, a, a Tom Baker monster that I'm fond of? In one of my favorite episodes. And I struggled with that for a little bit because, you know me, it's easy to get lost in the squee and the, and the fanboy. And the rose-colored glasses. And my very, very rose-colored <laughs> glasses. And as a reviewer, I just decided I don't care. <laughs> I think it's a good story. I think it regardless, is, Because I don't, I don't hold the crinoids as high as a level as you do. And I really enjoyed the story, too. So some of that is just, you know, Paul McGann. <laughs> a lot of it's Paul McGann. He makes most of the uh, Divergent Universe worth listening to. <laughs> makes it bearable anyway. Yeah. Of course. Who, who wrote it? I don't know. Who did write it? Jonathan Morris. Oh, well, of course. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an added... Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, should we move on to the comics then? Yeah. Let's do that, because I'm dying to talk about these. Two staggering adventures see the Doctor and his companions facing psyche-shattering conspiracies and ancient secrets. First, the Doctor goes undercover at a prisoner rehabilitation facility held within a collapsing singularity. Meanwhile, Captain Jack has left the TARDIS, and when the object of an assassination he was supposed, supposedly responsible for turns up alive and well, Jack must delve deep into a past he would rather leave behind. Bum, bum, bum! I liked the second half of this grouping. I, I, I loved the second half of this grouping. I liked the first half of this grouping. I just thought it felt a little reckless and, and out of the Ninth Doctor's character to get so involved in... I know that the, the plan was logical and how he had to get in there to uncover what was going on. But when it comes about of what it is, and he kind of implies that he suspected what was going on, although didn't know exactly, it felt like it was a little reckless that he would get in there and let them take those memories and that are his dark side, which we, you know, obviously has been an issue for the doctor many times over, but Especially uh, this doctor. Yeah, to take those those issues and put them in something that could be quite dangerous. Especially, I mean, it's it's almost like those, could anybody else have done it but the doctor? No, probably not. But could, should somebody else have done it besides the doctor? Yes, probably so. And so <laughs> I think that that's where I fell down on that. I found it very hard to believe that the doctor would get himself into a situation where he did, even though he was able to rectify the situation and save the day in the end. It just seemed a little little too hard for me to swallow. But overall, I thought it was an interesting concept. But for any doctor to have gone through this situation, I think nine would is the most apt. Well, probably to so. To pull that yeah. anger and all those negative emotions out of himself, that's the doctor to have it done to. Probably so. I agree with you. Um, in fact, that's the one thing that I can pull out of it and go, uh, because it, it does not seem terribly plausible that he... I mean, ultimately, if the three of them had walked in with the psychic paper and gone, we're inspectors. They could have achieved the same you, thing. You really could Show have achieved the same doing. thing without having... Well, the, now, obviously, he's a, you know, we need the drama. we right. got to have this mad chase with the monster and, and whatnot. But. And that great cliffhanger previously of you killed your companion. And, and that's what it kind of feels like, is like, well, let's set up this great cliffhanger for this previous story. 
and then get somewhere there. And I think they had this mapped out. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they wrote Especially themselves into a into a hey clever cliffhanger. How do we get out of this? I think that it's it's obviously done ahead of time. But it really kind of feels like for the sake of that cliffhanger, they did this story right. a little bit. If it, yeah, if it weren't for the the dropped little nugget later on of how this story ties into the finale, I would feel that same way. Yeah. And did while reading it, but then once I got to that point, I was like, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes a bit more sense. Yep. Well, and it, it, it very much, I think it has to, based on the, you know, we're, we're dealing with memories, which has kind of been the Ninth Doctor's thing from issue one, that uh, he's putting everything up for sale. Yeah. And like the other strands have had that reoccurring, you know, musical notes or, or whatever the the... The, the recurring theme is it's a repeating meme uh yeah <laughs> that, no it is it's very meme-like. oh wait a minute <laughs> it's very meme like um that this is his so when they're talking about oh we we're going to dump your memories and thing i was like oh this is part of the okay it's not it's not a standalone it's part of the overall maybe not an arc story per no, se, but a thread, but a theme. A thread yeah, yeah. A, theme. a theme there you go theme. the season's theme the yeah. season's theme so I agree. That was the one weak link for me. Everything else, I, 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 in particular, I thought the artwork. I know you oh, don't yeah. like to talk about no, the artwork, the but artwork I, I thought great. the artwork was oh, really good and really was... strong on these. Um, even the, the 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 monster, how they somehow made him look like if the Jekyll version of uh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 Christopher it, it, if, if Christopher Eccleston had starred as the Abomination in Incredible Hulk, that's, <laughs> I, I was, this is what I was going to go like. with Jekyll from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Too. That's kind of what he more looks like. Is that. Uh, yeah, except for other personas are <laughs> jutting jutting out of his chest. Every that part I found a little disturbing. yeah, I did too. <laughs> a little bit too over the top yeah. there for me, but I guess it kind of makes sense when you're conveying through visual means something that may not come across. You kind of well, go to that absolute extreme, but I thought it was a little much for me. Oh, and it was a nice. It seems like the comics, every time, chance they get, they throw in old faces just for fan service. And that's what that felt like more yeah. than anything else. Yeah. It was just, uh, unfor- Normally, I appreciate fan service. This, I felt, was unnecessary. I did think that choosing the doctors that they did to represent the, the anger, second doctor, eighth doctor, seventh doctor, F- fifth doctor, fifth doctor, I thought the, that was appropriate. I think if you had put, maybe even Pertwee probably could have worked, if you put Tom or Williams' face in there, that would have been a little much. Because while I think they had darker moments, I don't think overall they were what you personify as the dark doctors or the ones having kind of a dark edge to them, or potentially. I mean, obviously Sylvester or uh, Seven is is way up there. You could do it with uh, the Eighth Doctor as well because that's a previous incarnation. Um, see, that's interesting because I don't see five as being a part of that at all. Five, yeah. I think, is the only one out of place, but I can see five having more of that. So, I mean, he he's the one that dealt with the first death in a long time with Adric and uh, things like that. So, um, the comment that she makes about uh, Hesgard was previously a storm cage, a maximum security facility, <clears throat> uh, and we know this is set in the distant future. 
are we thinking this is the storm cage? I so. Or is this just that this is a whole line of prisons? I wondered there? about that, but because you said it was it was a storm cage, I don't think it was the storm cage. Oh, okay. I did from if they had said if they had dropped the reference a little more direct to this being storm cage, I would have gone that way. But but saying this was a storm cage gave me the impression that there's a there's a network of prisons out there that are storm cage. I don't know. That's just the way I walked away from it. I knew it was definitely a link, definitely a reference. But yeah, I definitely. Was, I don't think it was definitely the Storm Cage. I like the idea of the prison, though, of where it's situated in the middle of that storm and trying to get, even if people could try to escape, they wouldn't be able to because they're trapped because of the storm. It reminded me of Alcatraz. Yeah. Pretty much space Whereas Alcatraz. Rose says Arkham Asylum. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought that was kind of cool, too. Very good. Well, the second part of this, I think, was well worth the <laughs> Especially, as you said, hearkening all the way back to the very beginning of this. And we're not even talking the beginning of the ongoing. We're talking all the way back to the miniseries when they started the, the Ninth Doctor's Right. I thought it was a back that together. Far. Yeah. It was clear back to the miniseries. So. Um, yeah. Great. Great. It's great to see a lot of Jack's backstory being explored. Uh, a lot of the elements of his being a time agent, the the reason why he it almost gives lends credence to what he's doing by uh, trying to in, in uh, Empty Child and Doctor Dances, mm-hmm. you know why he is delivering this bomb and as a as a as a money making scheme basically yeah. because he's kind of a time agent but he's not a time agent anymore he's he's left the time agency and this kind of fills in those back holes. Even including uh, a couple of appearances from uh, uh, Captain uh, John. Thank you, Captain John. I, I couldn't remember yeah. his most obvious name in the world. Captain John. You know, a couple of moments of that. Uh, right down to the fact that you know one of the when they're investigating this later with the Snapchat memory <laughs> thing or the <laughs> social media memory thing, which I thought was a wee little weird but kind of cool. Um, right down to the fact that that it's it's a it's a ploy to get the doctor there. Uh, to, 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 you know, yeah. basically, uh, to sell his memory, sell what he was putting up for sale a long time ago. I that was pretty cool. I thought this tied all of those loose threads together pretty much perfectly. I think so. It too. was a fantastic into the, the first year. Well, and as we've always said, we, you know, <clears throat> so excited to get more Jack and this does it in such a way that we get it. And yet we still are left with those questions that they didn't quite wrap everything up for us, but if in his mythos, yeah, and but, it didn't but feel, as, as Keith was saying, for this particular line so far, I thought it did a nice yeah. job. And, and if this were to be the end of it, and the next immediate adventure would be Boomtown, is that the next one that he uh-huh. comes? Yeah, it fits right in, it flows right back into the yeah. main thread narrative, which Especially is especially since cool. he loses his memories at the end of it, anyways, right? So we still have that continuity throughout. But it didn't feel like a reset, it didn't feel like a cheat. No, the way it, didn't, it was done, didn't feel no, it like they were cheating. Um, because it was such a sacrifice and to save the day. I thought the uh, <laughs> ending was a little telegraphed. With here's our here's our bidders. Oh, that's gold plated gold, uh, <laughs> gold armor, huh? Well, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I, did, I didn't see that. Coming. You didn't see that. Coming. No, no, I didn't. There was a Cyberman almost in the room. Oh, it was I like, know. oh. Well, and, and, and in fact, when she grabbed the the armor from the Cyberman, I thought, oh, was it her? Look at it. They grabbed it. Uh, who was it that grabbed it and I shoved it, it was, in the, was the chest plate? Um, anyway, when they, yeah, did it, when they did it, I did the. I went the. Oh, uh, how did I not see that? 
And then I did the, oh gosh, here we go. Allergy to gold again. <laughs> Thought we did away with this, but that's all right. It's, it's it wasn't, of... wasn't even the gold dust of the thing. It was just like, here, touch it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she shoves it up into the, well, yeah, to the, yeah. the chest, which I was okay with. Because if that's you're going to do what gold, that's, yeah, how you're, that's what you're supposed to do. do. It. It's supposed to clog the ventilator system. But at least she went that far with it. But I just kind of feel like if I run at a Cyberman with a, a Captain America shield that happens to be made out of gold, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going to have that effect on him if I smash him into a wall. But uh, eh, I'll allow it. Um, I, I Okay, so the, the absolute best and worst... When the ninth Doctor showed up, okay, first of all, we get to the space station in the in the in the that sequence, and it was like, oh, that's the one from from Trial of a Time Lord. Okay, cool. And then the ninth Doctor show or the, the War Doctor shows up on that station, and there was a part of me was like, oh, sweet. And then there was another part of me was a little upset because as much as I enjoy the mystery of the Time War, I feel the comics are really taking advantage of let's insert him into every single nook and cranny available. Now, I don't care because I enjoy it and anything to give me more John Hurt, <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll take it. But I was kind of like, oh, it's another War Doctor reference, okay. But then they threw it all out when he gets <laughs> great vampires. <laughs> and I was like, score, yeah, well, yep, don't I, care. And that was it. It wasn't more than that. I know. That's what was great yeah, about it. It, it was, was just cool. that little nugget and yep. that's why I'm okay with it. If they're, we were going to start doing a whole line of War Doctor comic books i'm ready for it though i'm ready <laughs> now for a whole line now that we because don't have the audios did you see what they did they, dr- yes. they name dropped a reference from the war doctor they, stories in big finish they tied oh, it. I because that. she's the, the the gal standing there i don't remember who the the, the actual girl that was the, the Vol- time lady voltrix yeah voltrix is standing there and i thought oh i really would have liked to have seen uh uh oh, lester yeah lester there and then when <laughs> he name drops it i was like Oh my gosh, they went there. This for you. They went there. I was they like, tied the two together. I was, so now I'm ready. I'm ready for a whole <laughs> uh, uh, War Doctor series. Absolutely. Bring it on. Let's let's see more adventures. If they can do it as good as the audios did and see, throw things my, in like great vampires. <laughs> absolutely. That's my concern is because it's audio and you get to visualize it all, it won't let you down. But if they put it on paper. Yeah, but if you put visually, it on paper, then you go. The, the, the great no vampires. <laughs> That's why it works. That was such a because we knew the time lords were desperate. We 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 we've, we've established that we exhausted every weapon at the arsenal, and apparently one of those was hey, let's open that dimensional gateway and bring those guys back. <laughs> They're on our side this well, time. It's like what? I said this before, and I, I I think part of it was when we talked a little bit about the the the, the mysterious or the the links that the time lords went in order to win this war i like when they reveal these you just every time you see something or they talk about something you just go wow they just really they they did not hold back now every trick in the cabinet and the moment was the the ultimate (laughs) one that they had to they waited until the very end but (laughs) that's the kind of fan service i really like Uh, yeah Yeah, i agree agree. yep agreed (laughs) And like you said, because you don't have to go all out with it, you can just show us a piece of it and go, "There you go." Yeah. <laughs> well, and then and you go because you don't have to come awesome. up with a resolution. Yeah. You can just give us a great situation exactly. and drop it at that. That, that. that was the thing is there was a part of me that for for my long winded spiel's about I don't want to see the time war. I don't want to know it's better in my memory because it's never going to live up to it. Blah blah blah. They put that panel out there. I was like, damn it. 
because I'd read this. That's right. And like you said, Keith, there's no way you could come up with a story that would satisfactorily explain it. Or now, resolve I mean, it, get yeah. them back in the hole somehow. That, that, <laughs> no way. So well, what if they? What if they? They're destroyed. Destroyed for good, though. I mean, I think that that oh, could that be the Daleks destroy the, the great Daleks vampires for good. Figuring a way out to destroy or, or take them out of take them out of exist or take them oh, out of existence. By, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you read uh, the engine, uh, the engines, engines of war. war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you know, they use that device to take people out of time. So. Yeah. But just, just I, the idea. I I, we've we've read or we've listened to the time uh, war stuff, and then I, right, or, yeah, war, yeah, well, that's just it. And so then all of it's melding together in my head, all the different <laughs> stories. I was like, oh wait, no, you you do know you have read that one. So. But um, just the idea that you know, with the time lords needing great bowships, the fact that they use bowship as a title. So now in my head, I've got this. Uh, it looks like the first order star destroyer, that big one, but it fires a gigantic cross bolt of wood through space. It's a catapult spaceship. Wow. I don't think it has to be wood, but No, it has to be wood. They're vampires, Glenn. No. Well, you guys are you guys are now you're taking your but your vampire. No, because Tom killed the great vampire with a spaceship. Right, so. exactly. But just just you know, the fact that we're it just has to be a steak. Just that we're hurtling gigantic Beef. projectiles. Beef <laughs> that kind of steak. Oh. <laughs> Not the ribeye, save the bacon. Um, just that we're hurtling giant projectiles out. Yeah. Would the Daleks figure that out? So now I've got all these questions going, but, ooh, ah, uh, you, you know, because they're so energy weapon based that I don't know that they did, you know. Are you kidding? They've got big protrusions out of the front of them that are pretty much pro- could be projectile weapons if they figured it out. They got a plunger and a whisk for crying out loud, sticking straight out. <laughs> Switch the plunger out for something just, else. Just put one of those. Just put a large side version of those on the front of your ship and run it. Headlong we're, we're just gonna it. we're just gonna load Skittle Daleks into the photon tubes and <laughs> yeah. shoot them. <laughs> Be like Drax taking. Oh out the look, thing. We, ah! we found out a good use for these guys. Ah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, that part was kind of it's awesome. It's funny that we sat here and we talked probably longer about these, <laughs> this one little this, scene. It was one panel. Do we have anything about this book? Well, it was a page. One page. Yeah, page one panel of one page. But Gosh, it was so good. It, it, it suddenly took what was really forming into a great story and just top Elevated. shelf. This is, and it redeemed, honestly, it redeemed the entire Nice Doctor run for me at this point. Because I've kind of been... It's been middling. It's been okay. It's just not been great. And I'm down on Rose. And these, she finally kind of comes back around and is like, okay, now you're starting to behave like Rose again. And and then to get that moment, was just kind of like, I think in the right writer's right. hands, Rose is handled well. And I think it, she's handled well, especially in this one. Yeah. And Tara has been fantastic through it. Yeah. Which I was a little worried about. But yeah. it sounds like maybe they've dropped her off. But then again, maybe she could go on with them. So... We'll see. <laughs> it could go either way. It could go either way. And the fact that the... I, I like how the Cybermen <laughs> tricked them into get letting them on board, because initially they wouldn't, because, you know, a Cyberman is a weapon. Right. And so they deliver a Cyberman and convert what's-her-face. And, yep. <laughs> and it's only halfway, the so it's... Lady. It's... Just a fantastic Cyberman aspect of it. Did, did you squee just a little bit on the... Once the Cyberman jumped out? Yeah. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> now, did it telegraph to you and you went, I know what's in the box? I suspect. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't either. That one caught me by surprise. I figured it was a trick or a trap, but I had no idea there was going to be a Cyberman in there. Very cool. 
Yeah. And I liked the fact that there was so much misdirection leading up to the reveals that the, you know, it's this person. Oh, it's a Slovene. Oh, it's a, because it's first, well, first it's Jack, you know, well, yeah. you know, what did you do? <laughs> and I really panicked when Jack turned the gun on Jack, because this is the gun that removes you from history. And it's like, well, how's that going to work? <laughs> oh, teleport. Okay. And the doctor kept making it seem like, yeah, I'm, I'm a whiz with teleports. So I was like, well, did you beam him out or not? But then they were in this other room, and it almost felt like he was snooping to find out where he needed to be so that he could teleport him out. Yep, they yep. were pulling a Bill and Ted on the, right. on, the, on the time logic. And then so she, you know, reveals that, no, you're actually here, and you're actually the one I'm looking for. Jack's just the bait, and blah, blah, blah. And then she starts unzipping her forehead, and I went, oh, come on. I did, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way a Slovene oh, came think, up with you this. Oh, you think you were disappointed at that point when she started unzipping her head, and I went... No. <laughs> but then it was this other chick. I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> just, you know, okay, what's what's going on with this? It just, yeah, it was really, this was a great story. This yeah, was a lot was. of fun, it and was it was well thought out. It was well plotted and well paced, and it really brought year one to a very satisfying conclusion. Well, I think that the, the device, too, of using the little orbs where they could experience different people's memories and, and you know, scenes... To kind of show paint some of the the path to where we yeah. got, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of clever too. Yeah, very much so. Cool. Anything else on this set? I'm really kind of excited now for. Let's the... talk some vampires some more. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the Twelfth Doctor set. How'd uh, you feel about the hippo? The, oh, oh, I, I knew that was going to cause a problem. That was my biggest problem with it. I did cringe a bit. I, I, I was, I, you brought it up, and I was going to brush past it, but you know, I cringed. I, <laughs> as soon as I, I saw went, that, I thought, but, oh, I'm you know, going to hate that. I, I kind of looked at it, too, as a bit of a meta nod, too, because we have the uh, Jadoon, which are rhinoceroses, yeah. and I thought this was them being very coy and clever, saying, oh, there's also hippos out there, you know? So <laughs> I was able to kind of like, brush it away, but it was very cringeworthy for me. <laughs> it's not like it was an anthropomorphized hippo that was flying a spaceship and talking. It was. <laughs> it was exactly that. It's a comic book. I, I know. I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and it had an eye with patch. A com- with a, with a com- <laughs> this was with a comic book, though. This again, was a grizzled hippo. You have no budget. <laughs> Your imagination is limitless. You don't have to use the. Oh, I'm going to go off that box. <laughs> Launch behind off that, that soapbox. Have you seen the joke about that? Where the, you know they always the writers of the comic stories going, "Oh, there's no budget. I can draw. You know, I can imagine. I can write. Oh, there's a fleet of a zillion spaceships." And meanwhile, the the artist is behind him going, "Yeah, do that. <laughs> a zillion, huh? <laughs> no budget, huh? <laughs> Anything else on this one?" Again, I'm I'm looking forward to finishing out the, the, the this year for all the titles too and getting to uh Yeah. Uh Lost Dimension. It's re energized me a bit. Yeah. Really. Which is funny because it takes this to re energize me, but then I know that I'm gonna come in across one and go, I mean, that was absolute crap. Why'd they do that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm excited. All right, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, more of the same. Uh, our uh, show for next week, we're going to have another Big Finish 8th Doctor Adventure, Season 3, Number 3, The Beast of Orlock. And then uh, Titan Comics, we're going to go to the 10th Doctor, Year 3. With oh, I said 12. You said 12. I, I, knew, but, I knew what you but meant. But the reason is because I've already read the 10th set. And, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the, and, and the 12th is coming up yeah, on Yeah, I won't telegraph what I thought, but maybe because I'm excited to keep going, I didn't lose any energy. Okay. <laughs> we'll just say oh, that. That's a good sign. <laughs> Let's just say that. 
So uh, six, seven, and eight, and number ten, because number nine is the Lost Dimension episode. And we're going to skip that one. Or as Keith pointed out last week, this is the volume uh, seven. Yeah, right? whatever the the trade paperback, the most current yeah, volume. Yeah, the most current volume. I can't what it is. Uh, is that so? Tenth Doctor Comics from uh, uh, from Titan next week, and then um, the following week we're going to do something a little different. We're going to have a uh, Moffat retrospective, and kind of look back on his uh, five seasons of Who and. Um, whether or not it was a good thing or not. Do you want to go any further than that? Do you want to go any further? Well, we'll go one more week. Um, because you probably should start reading, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already. Uh, episode 368 will be our book review of the second in the line. Uh, it's the second or the third? Third book. Third book in the novella series, uh, The Lethbridge Stewart Travers and Wells by Robert Mamone. Life of Evans, Flaming Soldier. And I cannot wait. I haven't started it yet, but I cannot wait. Oh, I'm totally looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. We're going to deal with War of the Worlds, (laughs) (laughs) which is my thing. It's like a big section of my wheelhouse. I'm very excited. It's most of your wheelhouse. Well, (laughs) exciting stuff. So uh, if you want to hear more about this, consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, We continue to uh, utilize those funds to put them right back into the show and keep it going. If you're already supporting us on Patreon, we thank you. There is a link on the right-hand side of our page, travelingthevortex.com, where it'll take you there and it'll uh, help you out. So, I'm going to throw this out there to our listeners, too, if you are interested, just as a um, just kind of as an aside. Um, obviously, we are, our kind of main, in, in our wheelhouse, kind of our main thing is we're a review podcast that we're going to tackle Doctor Who and review it and tell you about it and, and things like that. But I am not opposed, and I don't think the guys are either, to tackling discussion topics of just, hey, what did we think of this and, you know, something out of the ordinary. And we've done a few of these kind of uh, stories on there, just kind of peppered them in. Um, not that I'm running dry of ideas by any stretch of the imagination. I have a very big reservoir of stuff kind of lined up to start talking about. But I'm kind of curious to know what the finger on the pulse, as it were, of the listeners. So is there something out there that you guys think we should be talking about? I'd be kind of curious to know. So drop us a line in feedback. And if you say, hey, I want to know what you guys think of the state of the political affairs in the galaxy during the... Uh, draconian empire okay we can talk about that I mean, you know whatever you know not that specifically but maybe that specifically. <laughs> I don't. he's writing it down now that, well, that's, that was a good one do research on do some research on but uh, you know just just throw that out there if there's something that you want to hear us talk about then let me know maybe maybe it'll turn on into an episode cool Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seated. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.